Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, what is going on, everyone? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde live with you on a Wednesday night. Appreciate you all for making us a part of your day, whether you're watching us live, watching back, listening back. Thank you for making us part of your morning, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you ate, wherever you may be, whatever time it is. How is everyone? Got Carberry in the chat. We got Jay Meigs. We got Jay Carr. Got Dynasty ISP asking if I'm doing push-ups. Definitely won't be doing that. Lots to talk about today, Tim. It's the end of February, but the news cycle does not stop about a couple hour and a half before we went live. Some weird college football news broke that we'll talk about. Um, so yeah, Tim. But are you doing all right, my friend? Oh, yeah. I mean, doing great. Are you kidding me? We got Seven and a half days to spring football. Spring football starts next Thursday. So we're actually start doing some football, which is going to be nice. And obviously the, the thousand things that will come from spring football is going to be awesome. Then the next portal window mic opens after spring. Yeah. Right. Then it's recruiting. It doesn't end. You know, is there going to be what three, four, five signing days? Just have one every other month now moving forward. So kids can make <laughs> decisions. It's like yeah. Yeah. college football craziness, but hey. We love it. Let's have some fun and let's get rocking for this. Uh, just, I mean, I don't even know what to talk. I mean, this 2024 season is, does it feel like it's make or break, but it feels huge. It feels huge for whatever reason. So we're going to get into that here coming up. Yeah. Jay Carr says we need a Tim Goolsby singer show Wednesday to preview what y'all are looking forward to spring. Bus. we're going to talk, we're going to talk some, we're going to talk five key storylines for yeah. the spring with Tim. And I was just texting with Goolsby. We are going to do a show on Monday night. So God, one, he and one, I, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say he and I, I think, had a two-hour text going today. So we were getting a little animated. So that was the Tim Hyde text version. Now this is the sweet, cuddly one, as he likes to say. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that'll be Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern time with uh, with myself and Goolsby. So should be good. Hope everyone is doing well. Nice to see some familiar faces in the live chat. Please hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our channel for more content. Um, if you are new here and, uh, we always like to mention our special offer for new subscribers, $1 for two months using the promo code UND1, UND1, that promo code gets you a buck 
for two months. You're really not going to find a deal that's going to beat that. Uh, very low level of commitment there. Um, and if you don't like it, you can cancel, but we uh, we think that you will like it. So we're going to dive right into that news I kind of hinted at that, that posted earlier from uh, Ross Dellinger um, at Yahoo. I'm going to read his tweet. It's posted at 617 Eastern on Wednesday. A 14-team playoff model is being social socialized that would grant three automatic qualifiers each to Big Ten SEC, two automatic qualifiers to each Big Ten slash ACC, one automatic qualifier to group of five, and three at large. So, Tim, I've been saying this, that it, this is it's just going to keep growing. It's never going to stop. And and then we're just going to get rid of the regular season. And it's just going to be like a round robin format uh, group stage. Like there's going to be no regular season. It's just going to be the whole damn thing as a tournament. Um, I'm like kind of joking. But yeah, Tim, you sent this to me. Yeah. What was your reaction when you saw it? Well, I mean, this has been been talked about really the last couple of weeks. As soon as they, you know, started to solidify with the the 25 24 25 model boom instantly they had a meeting with all the ad's presidents obviously notre dame's ad's there and say hey let's go to 14 i'm telling you i said this a year ago it is those home games these ad's have been there's been articles written about them where they're like you know yeah buy is awesome but my god do i want to play a home playoff game you know the money the excitement of you know, smashing somebody, so to speak, you know, that first weekend, they're missing out on it. So I think this stems from a lot of that. Obviously, in this new model, you're going to have the top two teams will get a buy, 99%, right? You're going to get a Big Ten and the SEC, unless you get a, you know, 13-0 Clemson, 13-0 Florida State that just has a hell of a season and rolls from there. But, uh, man, me personally, I don't care. I like it. You know, it's like, I mean, let's just let's get after it. I mean, it's got to, you got to win four games, recruit your butt off, coach your butt off, build the roster, build the team. Let's go to it. So, um, I mean, that, that, those first, I mean, that opening weekend of playoff games is just going to be awesome. Yeah. They were hosting it. It's just, there, there's going to be, there's going to be an upset because somebody in the SEC is just going to go smash somebody from the ECC. It's just going to happen. But, yeah. uh, you know, and this all started obviously what two weeks ago when it was like, the SEC was like, well, we want four teams. Well, that's just a trial balloon to go out there. For me, obviously, we're covering Notre Dame. What does this mean for Notre Dame? For me, I'm a simpleton. Win games. I mean, you want to be in the playoffs, win games. There's no automatic number you need to get. Win games. Be a playoff-worthy football team, which they have not shown the last couple of years. So win games. That's the bottom line. They have a shot. To get in, they got a schedule to get in. They got a at-large bid to go. They'll be the fifth seed, whatever the heck it is. You know, if they have the you know the magical undefeated regular season. So, I don't think anything changes for Notre Dame. It's still the same thing: win games and you're in. Tim, we haven't even started the damn twelve team. We're already talking about fourteen. Or I mean, are you yeah. freaking kidding me? Uh, and then what's two teams? I mean, seriously, what's two teams? They they, they probably should have done this immediately and just gone to it. And then it's going to be what's two more teams? Let's get to 16. It's going to get to 24. It's going to get to 32. I'm telling you, Tim, this is going to keep going. No, it's not because because then there's going to be okay. If you go 24, if you do what the one double A, I still call it one double A. I don't give a damn. 
but the FCS level does what they do 24, then you're going to have to cut back the regular season. You're going to have to get rid of conference championships. That's not going to happen because first off, NBC is paying for big 10 games. So if you want to go to 24, 36, you have to cut back in the regular season. NBC, ESPN, CBS throwing all this money out for regular season games. They're paying for those. And they're not going to get rid of that. I think we're going to get stuck at 14. If you go 16, who gives a darn? It's one versus 16, Georgia versus Boise. Enjoy your butt kicking. So be it if it goes to 16. It doesn't – I don't really give a damn. As, as long as Notre Dame wins freaking games and gets their butt in there, that's, that's all I give. That's all when, I care about. So. When you talked about how exciting those first-round games are going to be to watch, my thought was – that was what the traditional New Year's New Year's Six games used to be when it was just the BCS format. Like your Rose Bowl. I mean, watching the Rose Bowl at my aunt's house right. on New Year's Day on that little 32-inch TV. That was everything. I'm not that was kidding. everything. And then the Sugar Bowl at or the Fiesta Bowl that night. I mean, those games were everything. And uh, so I guess that's just going to kind of go back to that. But those teams get to then play – for the title, at least, and how it feels to me. But they're still there. They're still playing in the Sugar Bowl. They're still playing in the Fiesta. They're probably still playing a Rose Bowl game. Those games and now title. are playoff yeah. game. You know, yeah. I mean, b- believe me, New Year's Day was like sacred. We, you know, tons of people. We'd always have awesome events. You know, living in SoCal because you could do that. It's beautiful weather all day. You know, and uh, we'd have great parties. Do I mean, we did all that stuff? I get it. You know, but then you're still. Sitting there as a Notre Dame fan, sitting there, Notre, you know, Florida State loses, Notre Dame win the title in 93, and you wake up and it's a freaking pollster telling me that Notre Dame beating number one Florida State didn't matter because the pollsters are like, well, this is what we're going to do. How about 2003 when USC boat races everyone, yet USC doesn't get into the BCS by like a millimeter of a percentage point, and it's Nick Saban, shockingly, he gets in with LSU to play Oklahoma to give Saban that first title. So that was a computer pick in that. Now we're getting rid of all that crap. It's boom. Let's go play football. Go play football. The best teams, who's recruited the best, managed the best, the best coaches. That's that's what it's about. That's that's the way I look at it. It's and in the minor bowls, the Notre Dame Sun Bowl trophy could still shine bright in an eight and four season. That's going to be there. Those bowls are still going to be around because they've always been around. They've always been for the seven and five Iowa's. They've always been for the nine and three Notre Dame this year. So those games are still there. I I, I don't think there's any less meaning on, on those games because they're never playoff games to begin with. So I'm just going around, Mike. But uh, I think I like it because it's a freaking playoff. It's playoff. Yeah, it's going to be entertaining. It's it's going to be very entertaining. I guess it's kind of one of those nostalgia things for me growing up watching college football, and it's it's just a lot different. Um, but, you know, I think as a consumer, 12, 14, 16, whatever it is, I think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, and the school I cover, I think, is going to benefit from it, as we talked about last week. Um, you know, we brought up that Pete Sampson tweets like, no, Notre Dame's not getting a raw dog deal here. They they freaking designed this thing. Like, this is exactly what they wanted. They basically get a, you know, a bye by not playing in the, the conference championship game. And then you get to host, um, you know, as a number five or six, whatever they potentially but, end up being. But those are only in seasons 
if they earn it. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I mean, people read that. You go on Twitter like, oh, my God, Notre Dame's getting a five seed. No, no they better go 12 and 0. It's right. like they're not getting in there, guys, at nine and three. You go on Twitter. Some people just can't read, I guess, and they just assume because Notre Dame's AD is a part of this thing. Like, oh, my God, Notre Dame's automatically in the playoff? No, 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 no. They have to earn it. And yeah. it's funny. I love going back. I love doing the post-Lou Holtz eras. So you got 97 to 23. It's 27 years, Mike. And in those 27 years, had there been a 14-team playoff, Notre Dame makes it nine times. So you got one out of every three years, Notre Dame's in the playoffs. And guess what this year is, by the way, Mike, for Marcus Freeman? Year three. He's missed it twice. He's, he's perfect line. The stars are lining up perfect for Marcus Freeman. Year three, Notre Dame averages the playoff every three years. Freeman, you got the, the gravy schedule. It's sweet and cuddly win the damn football games and you get a playoff first. So how nice is this? Your year three is the biggie. Put it on a t-shirt. That's what Tim Hyde always says. Your three is the biggie. Yeah, you know, and this, uh, you know, and lastly, someone just put Notre Dame in the big 10. No, they Notre Dame doesn't need a conference. If this is what they're doing because the big 10 is going to battle each other. They got three automatics. Same with the SEC is basically, I, I, I talked about this on the message board, but there's a couple great posters on, on our message board that just, dive into TV contracts and stuff like that. It's awesome. You know, um, we've got a couple of lawyers on there always yapping as well, but uh, it's, it's the champion. Who's ever in the big 10 championship game. Those two are automatically going. Then you get your third place team, which this year I think would have been um, Penn state. Old miss was the third place in a, the, what you call it? The sec this year, last year, the third place team would have been Alabama. Last year's SEC would have been Brian Kelly, LSU, and Georgia automatically in. So same thing with the ACC, the Big 12, because there's no more divisions. So the top two teams are playing for a title. It's basically just playing for playoff seeds. Whoever makes those conference titles are automatically in the playoffs. So um, that goes back to your thing about the, you know, do the does the regular season wane? It still matters. Oh, I'll say that? No, 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 no. Yeah, maybe a little if, if the playoffs expanded a ton. You know what I mean? No, but, I'd say they're just going to get rid of the whole damn thing. It's just going to be, well, you know. Well, they're definitely not going to do that. Yeah, no, no. They're definitely not going to do that. And, you know, that the season's still a giant playoff onto itself. So that's, yeah. that's my philosophy. And especially being a Notre Dame fan, you don't have a conference. Our conference, when I say our, is Notre Dame fans. You know, that Notre Dame's conference is your schedule. The Power Five, Power Four now, Group of Four, whatever the heck they're calling it these days, those are your conference games, and you've got to win those damn bad boys. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if – because the SEC is going to nine games, Mike, in two years, conference. So do these future Alabama-Florida games, Arkansas games, are they canceled that they have? That's – Excuse me. That's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But um, win games if you're a Notre Dame fan, pretty easy. Tim, I gotta I gotta tease you for a minute. I love it. You know, you, before we before we went live, you were you were telling me about how you know the the length of the show tonight that you were playing, and we just yapped for 15 minutes on that. So um, we're gonna. It's a huge topic, though. It is, it is a, a huge, huge topic. A but huge... not even on the docket <laughs> for the show tonight. We got rid of something. We got, you always got to delete, Mike. You yeah, you, delete and then I tell Tim, hey, remind me next Wednesday morning, and then he probably won't. 
uh, and then it just it just goes into the ethers. Um, so good. here was some news that was really interesting on Monday, Tim. Will Black, a Notre Dame offensive line commit. He is from Canada, plays his ball in Connecticut, ranked as a five-star prospect, according to On3. Now, for folks watching on YouTube, um, his On3 profile is on the screen, and it has the other rankings up as well. I do believe rivals bumped them to a four star today. Shocking. Um, you know, you, you know, I, I fully anticipated everyone to kind of bump up Will Black for for multiple reasons because the kid deserves it, in, in my opinion. But also, you know, I think they're they're, they're kind of oh, aren't they ranked this guy a five star? Probably should get bumped up. That's probably my that's just, that's my uh, tinfoil hat on. But um, yeah, number six overall player, Tim. He went from 203 up to number six, number 14 offensive tackle up to number one. Uh, so I want to kind of talk about this. Um, you know what? No, we'll go to you. We'll get your reaction. Then I'll give some context and some more thoughts. And uh, when you guys tweet me, it's 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 p- possible that we're going to show it up on the on this on the stream here. Um, because I see a lot of things. I'm like, all right, these are good questions. Let's talk about them. Uh, but first, let's pop on his junior tape, Tim. Uh, and uh, why don't you tell me what you think? Well, the one thing I did was, I mean, first off, it's 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 awesome because all you have to do if you're a big old line fan like I am and you love watching film is just go watch the guys. Go watch the players. And I'm off this week. We have a little vacation week and, you know, Tim Hyde sitting there after dishes are done, Mike, and the house is vacuumed. I literally jumped online and I watched about 90 minutes. Get a life, Tim Hyde, right? 90 minutes of just the top dozen offensive tackles to be like, all right, let's see where Will Black is because Sanders and the Petty guy and there's some dudes down in Texas. They've been top five, 10 for a year, you know, basically since all these 2025 classes come out. I'm telling you, man, you watch Will Black, there's a no-brainer. I'm not saying he's number one. He's without a doubt in the top five, without a doubt. You watch all. You watch films of guys, there's a couple tackles. You're like, that dude's never playing tackle. He's a guard, can't move a lick that's ranked higher. So he is really good breaking down, like comparing him to the national, once again, the national top 10, 12 guys in the country. With, without a doubt. I mean, if, you know, does he stick five-star? I have no idea. But when you just watch him play, his physicality, his athleticism, just basic O-line stuff. You want great O-linemen to have pad level, great stance, and can bend their darn knees and strike. And he has all of it. When I say leverage, it's the gap side he's supposed to block, whether it's on a run, a pull, pass block, he wins to his side. I got once again, Mike. I watch film. I'm sorry, man. My wife, you know, my wife doesn't care, which is nice. So, you go on this great thing called YouTube. Type in choke football. The whole league's got like their own like live streams and stuff like that. It's, it's really, really good football in New England. A lot of uh, scholarship football players out here, and I watched a bunch of games of his, and I'm like, holy moly, he's better watching a game than he is his highlight. You see so much of him, and um, it, it's warranted. Whether it's one, two, three, he is without a doubt a top five offensive tackle in the country, Mike. I, 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 it's impressive. Now, obviously, they ranked him up high. 
some people could do whatever they want in the other services because they're all going through their next uh, uh, things. I find it interesting. You've been around this, Mike, for a ton. And I, know, and, I, and I know you talked to Charles and Cody, you know, the on three guys that rank this thing. It's like, I'm always fascinated when someone comes out. It's a big move. It's big because he wasn't ranked before. So what if they didn't rank anybody until today, right? Yeah. And Will Black comes out. It's like, okay, awesome. But people are like, oh, my God, it, he jumped up 200 spots. Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. Easy. You watched all the junior film. A lot of these kids' films didn't even come alive until uh, Christmas, New Year's, New Year's. And then you crank all this stuff in, start comparing things. So it's – um. If he was never ranked and this came out a five star, people go and watch his film, compare him to other guys, you'd be like, hell yeah. Yeah. He's freaking good. He really is a good, good football player. So, yeah. Uh, big, big excitement for Notre Dame to get him. I'm sure he's going to stay here because he's going to get better. He was on a, an awesome Twitter thing. I, I'll, I'll put the link in. There's a New England tweeter, uh, tweeter, teased him, Twitter guy that man runs all this New England high school football. Will Black was just on like a week ago, did a live uh, feed, and he was awesome. Just talking about Notre Dame and how he got the show and the competition and whatnot. It was really, really cool. So I'll I'll find that link and uh, post it for people to watch. But um, I know I'm rambling, Mike, but he's he, he he's exciting. He's without a doubt the, the best one on the Notre Dame board. Yeah. You start watching all the junior film, he's legit. People want to talk about – some other guys that Notre Dame's offered. I think Will is the best one. I think he will end up being a national top 50 recruit when all these services uh, get in there. But let me ask you this, because this is what I want to find fascinating. This is my little uh, CJ Carr conspiracy is because with CJ on three, kept him where he was. No one else moved him, right? Were they all nervous? Is this going to be the same thing with Will Black? Are they going to, or some of these services scared to move him because on three did? I don't know. Is that the the inner workings in these recruiting offices, right? I got a lot. I got a lot to say. Go for it. I, got a, I have a lot um, to say, and let's just see if I can keep keep it all up in here before it floats away, and then I don't remember. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was with rivals and I got to, you know, I was never in involved in the rankings process. And, and a lot of the rivals guys who were ranking them, ranking the players for when I was at rivals from what, 13 to 19, a lot of them are gone, but I didn't really understand what their criteria was for a lot of different things. 
on three is, is transparent that how they view a ranking success is based on the NFL draft. The best players in college football typically get drafted the highest. They'll admit it's not the perfect system, but you know, it, it's the best that they can kind of come up with. So someone like Kingston Villiamuas was a five-star rivals, but not an on three because, you know, of his, like the long-term, you know, like the traits thing, like between the years, they're like, yeah, Kingston's got like the best traits of all the, or, or excuse me, the best, like in between the years, of the, you know, the read and react, the trigger, all that stuff, but maybe not like, you know, the long storms, the stuff that the, you know, the scouts freak over for the combine. Right. So Kingston wasn't a five-star at on three for some of those reasons. I know Notre Dame fans are like, I don't really give a rat's ass about the NFL draft. I just care about what they're going to do at Notre Dame. Well, then start your own ranking service. Like, cause that's, it, that's what the on three guys are doing. And I, I want to say 24 seven might do the same thing. in in terms of, you know, ranking success is determined by the NFL draft. Well, bringing this back to will black, Tim black, I think is ranked as a five-star and it's for a positive reason. Will black is six, eight and plays really well at his 280 pounds right now and he's got such a high trajectory for continued growth and he's being compared so much to joe alt on three's gotta be like this kid is probably gonna be a first round pick like 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 this is the the trajectory like the trajectory of, of this young man is obviously very very difficult um to project um but that's kind of the path they think he's gonna go on so it, it's it's kind of like the opposite of the the, the kingston ranking does that make sense then Oh, yeah, okay. no, 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 exactly, exactly. And uh, okay. yeah, and, and I would say his in his comparison to Alt is Alt at Notre Dame. There's no comparison to Alt in high school. You watch no. Joe Alt in high school and you're like, he's a tight end who's in motion and blocked in and kicking out and doing a couple things, catching a pass here and there. Didn't he play quarterback in uh, like some of his highlight thing he's running or throwing? Yeah. But a uh, great athlete. That's what Notre Dame and the Big Ten team saw in him was – an app tall athletic guy, just like his dad was. So they saw those types of traits. Click on the top uh, O lineman real quick, Mike, on Will's thing, like the on yeah. three. Just, just for a little comparison. Like I said, I went and watched a bunch of these guys. David Sanders is like the consensus top five player in the country. Unbelievable skill level. Mike, he is little. I don't know. You know, so when you want to, you know, people want to look at rankings and stuff like that. He is, if he's 250 pounds, okay. I mean, seriously, I'll, I'll be surprised. He's really little. So when you're trying to compare, and he's an SEC guy, all his offers are SEC. Anyone has to watch SEC and be like, there's not a lineman that's under 320. How is he, is he ever going to reach that potential? That's what I'm curious about. I really like him, but when I watch him, I'm like, my God, he may never play a snap for three some odd years because he's got to gain weight. The Neil Wagner issue. Um, this guy, this Kansas guy, Mike. If I had to rank someone number one, I, I, he's pretty good, man. It's a damn good football player. This guy right here, this uh, uh, shoot soul, who Notre Dame's starting to recruit. You want to talk about a guy no one's ever heard of? He's got like. No ranking from anybody, and I well, I think you wrote about him or Kyle, how Notre Dame starting to chat with him. Legit superstar athletic ability. Yeah, no. so, yeah he's got uh, a ranking, all right. 
Yeah, I'll no, no, he does there exactly. No one else knows who the heck he is. So, which is pretty interesting. Well, but um, uh, there's some good, there's some good offensive tackles. That's why I'm saying, yeah, I'm being conservative right now, yeah. talking about Will. He's without a doubt a top five. I would not hesitate to say he's easily, easily warning number one right now going yeah. into his, going into the camps and his senior season. So, um, okay. without a doubt, the All Bishop right. Gorman guy. Really, I know Notre Dame is recruiting him for a while. He's going to be a guard, outstanding football player. Last name Utu. I'm going to pull up some tweets now. Okay, sure. So I tweeted this out. How much y'all want to bet Will Black gets bumped up a good bit by the other side? So like you guys bookmarked that tweet just like I did. Um, So I did save a few of these responses. So Michael says, the better question is, and I'm a Notre Dame fan, how does someone go from the low 200s to number six in the offseason after playing a New England prep school season? Don't get me wrong. He looks like a great prospect, but rankings get more ridiculous each year. No offense. Uh, In reading some of the responses on Monday, I just realized, and no offense to Michael, there's so many people have just no idea about any of this. And it's not your fault. You just have no idea about the ranking stuff. And Tim, side note, I used to be like, man, I get so worked up on rankings day. And I was going to, and then by the end of it, I was like, all right, next time I'm just not, I'm just going to let the people complain and I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to. And then I just decided last year, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. You know, I, I'm, I'm just going to stoop down to the levels and I'm just going to get in rankings arguments. It's fun. I'm passionate about it. What the hell? Let's do it. If people are going to have these such strong opinions about some of this ranking stuff, at least know what the hell you're talking about a little bit, okay? So how does someone go from the low 200s to number six in the offseason after playing New England prep school season? The, where you play your football does not matter at all. Like It really doesn't. It's about how you are as a player. So some of your competition can give you an idea of how good you are, um, but like it, it's so much more just about it's it's more than just film right that's why Notre Dame will offer a bunch of kids from camps yep right? it's why the measurables are very important it, it it's all of these things tim the film is obviously the most important thing um but it, it, it's a lot of other things too give go ahead real quick tim yeah i was going to say that's will black that's will, will black, black offered in person got invited to camp got invited to camp worked out with coach Joe rudolph it's an offer. Same with Augustine. Yeah. I mean, you got some of these guys working out in live and living color in front of the staff. That's one great thing. Me and you talked about this a month ago. The amount of offers that Notre Dame gave to guys at camp in person after seeing guys and things of that nature, which is good. But why did he move up? It's easy. I just said it two minutes ago. Film, 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 film. They all broke down junior film, and it's so noticeable to compare his junior film, the sophomore film compare his junior film to the other 25 guys in a giant board where they're pegging and ranking guys. It's it's. And once again, it's with, if this was the first ranking, if this was the first ranking and now you're moving on. So it's guys that are finishing their junior year and you're moving on. It's, it's totally warranted. So I don't buy the, well, no one's allowed to move up a hundred spots. Sure no, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't matter. And so this is kind of getting to this. Chris said, how does this make any sense? Notre Dame fan here, just side note, baffling Notre Dame. Like, why would you 
talk crap about your player getting bumped up, uh, whatever. How does this make any sense? How do people not question recruiting sites at this point? Three star outside the top 200, then poof, he is number six in the country. Okay. He, well, first of all, he wasn't a three star. He was, it was, it was a four star. Um, so it, the, the poof is that on three hadn't ranked since the early junior season. They did an early junior season, like first three, four games update. They were focused on the 2024 class. And then you rank, you know, after 2024 class is done. Now you have your full 2025, um, you know, season to go off of. So that's what going back to my other point of like, if you're going to have these opinions, um, you gotta at least know, a, you know, you know, don't, don't be, don't be this guy with, with all due respect, Chris, like, and, and the comment here from Thor says, maybe because this is the first ranking update since the season ended. Thank you. Like this, that is yes. the correct, that's the correct thing. We talked about this for the past couple months, Tim, like, don't worry about the 2025 rankings yes. right now, because it was just, there, there's so like, we knew this was going to be a major update. Um, the Dalen Penson kid, from Georgia who Notre Dame offered recently, he didn't have a ranking and now he's the number hundred player in the country prong three. Like, and <laughs> guess what? He probably didn't have any offers like really during his senior season. So like not even schools knew about him. Um, so, you know, you might be like, how does someone go from unranked to a top hundred player? It's you can ask the question, how does someone go from no offers to a ton of offers in the off season? They're not playing football. How do you go up the rankings? Because new, you get new information. You, know, you go through the film more. Maybe he blows up at a camp. Like so, those those things all matter. Tim, I want to do one more, one more tweet. It's sort of related. Another Michael here. This uh, this is this kind of was something that that bothers me a little bit. Michael says number one and six tackles on the board, and pretty impressive line being built. Um, and I'm thinking to myself. Who, what, who number one and six? Who's so if if Will's the number six tackle, uh, excuse me, the number one offensive tackle, I'm like, is he going by on threes rankings? No, number six is this this kid from Louisville, Texas. He's going off of Owen Strebig's rivals ranking. So we can't, guys, if you're going to use like you don't want to use like on threes ranking for this kid and then you know, rivals for this kid and then say, well, we have the number one here. And, you know, it, we have the number one and six offensive tackles in the country, um, but you're just picking apart. You're, you're, you're just picking one website here, one website here. That's just kind of inconsistent. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's a little bit intellectually dishonest. Um, but all right, that's my rankings rants. I will throw it over to you, Tim. And then I, think no, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it's a, it could be another five-star, right? Derby Lambert was one, you know, Neil Wagner a couple of years ago, obviously Charles Jagasaw. These are all five-star linemen signed that on three ranked as five stars and no one's complaining about them. So just enjoy it, man. It's, it's, what do we got? March 1st coming up here. You got ranking dumps. Every service is going to do it. Enjoy them. It's, we're going to have what, six more of these, seven more of these or whatever the heck it is over and over again with the camps. And then the, spring evaluation period and on and on and on so enjoy them have fun don't man it's like people yeah people just lose their mind with some of these and it's like enjoy them as long as they cut hey remember at the end of the day mike we say it each and every week i feel like only a third of these guys are ever playing anyway at notre dame so enjoy it you know <laughs> 
we'll figure out which which third make it and the rest of them enjoy uh enjoy life john massey says singer are you putting riley in the portal and starting angeli in your, in your ncaa dynasty i've i have some big decisions to make oh boy regarding some of these things because um you know in, in my late night free time you know i i've I, you know i play some video games on a, on a twitch stream and you know, I'm definitely going to be grinding NCAA a good bit. And, and obviously, I'm going to have like a dynasty with with where I'm playing Notre Dame. And I, do I just do the Notre Dame, the your 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 ideal starters? Or do I just start Angeli and then, you know, just play all the players that Mike Singer likes the most? I don't know, Tim. Got big decisions to make. Play the walk-on. Big just run the ball, play the walk-on, handoff, and let's go, right? There you go. <laughs> All right, let's hear from uh, our sponsors over at Augie's Locker Room, the number one place for Notre Dame memorabilia, one-of-a-kind fighting Irish items. And you're really only able to find some of this stuff at Augie's Locker Room, which has moved to a brand-new location. Check out Augie's new uh, store at 1733 North Ironwood Drive in South Bend, just down the street from Notre Dame. So whenever you are in town, you got to make time for Augie's locker room. Check out the wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one of a kind Rockney items. Check out their exclusive Joe Montana signed items and famous sculptor, Jeremy Kenneth's replicas of the bronze statues around the stadium. And Augie gets new stuff in all the time. If he doesn't have it in store, he can go get it for you. So check it out. 1733 North Ironwood Drive in South Bend and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890s. Got some amazing stuff. You're going to want to check it out over at AugieslockerRoom.com. Uh, and Augie also has a uh, appreciation giveaway, as he says on his website here. We are grateful for your continuous support with Augie's appreciation giveaway throughout February. Just purchase $20 or more online or in store during February, and you're automatically entered to win an exclusive special hand-painted Notre Dame helmet by Hal Sorensen, uh, which is pretty neat. So we're about ending the month of February, but uh, getting into March, um, you know, see if, if Augie has uh, another appreciation giveaway um, for you guys. And you can give him a call, 574-277-6363-574. 6-3. All right, Tim. What do we got next? Uh, five spring storylines. Here we go. A little pre-hype. A little pre-hype for everybody. So Notre Dame's first spring practice is on March 7th. Um, and Tim, it's it's kind of weird. They have um one practice and then they kind of break for a week, or, or excuse me, two weeks. Never really understood that. I'm sure they have their reasons, but it, they're spring break. But I don't really understand why having one and then breaking for two weeks. But again, I'm sure that they have their reasons. Um, is, is it? I mean, I've not seen the, yeah. the spring schedule. They've done, they did that under Brian Kelly as well. I don't think they had done it under Freeman so far yet. No, um, I know. I mean, they've kind of gone right. Wait, wait. So they're going to go out there, do their stretch in, run around their t shirts. We'll have the overreaction for a week now. 10 all right. Days it's. What, the schedule that we got, which is not for public consumption, yeah, it's not out yet. It, it, yeah, no, it's it's not something we could talk about the yeah. dates and everything. But it only had twelve practices listed, I think, and I think they got fifteen. So maybe there's some sneaked in there that they don't want anyone knowing. I don't know, Tim, but they at least don't have anything where media is has any access to for for 
I think like 13 or 14 days or something. So side note, uh, but let's get into your five key storylines that you came up with today. Number one, quarterback watch. And it's kind of like after Riley Leonard, right? We know Riley Leonard is going to be the guy. There's no debate there, but you're, you're always intrigued about what's behind QB one. Yes. I mean, we could talk about this as we do a lot. It's just, who is going to solidify themselves? And I know that the text I sent you is transfer watch. It's like, who is? Who I didn't is like that. that. No, I didn't like it because I don't think anyone's going to transfer after spring ball at the quarterback position. I don't. Mike, you know what? I, I'm i going to owe you a $2 uh, something. I don't know. Okay. I always, say, I always say two bucks on bets. But uh, if Notre Dame seriously goes into Texas A&M with four quarterbacks on scholarship, I'll owe you $2. I didn't say that they'll go into Texas A&M. I just think I like I don't think it'll be like after spring ball. You know, maybe it could be oh, like after, after spring ball. Because after spring ball is A&M, Mike, so you're going to have that. So, hey. Well, I mean, there's going to be – okay. It, it, I don't think it's going to be something like that happens right after spring ball. Uh, will I it think, be a, a Tyler Buckner thing you're saying? Like uh, Buckner, boom, spring game ended. He was in the portal on Tuesday. Right. I don't think anything like that. Like I think if someone leaves, it could be like some, sometime in the – I don't know the transfer portal windows these days, what the hell it even is. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I still don't think anyone leaves. I, I, I think that this, yeah. this group is going to stay intact. Okay. Well, then there you go. Well, then once again, who is going to solidify themselves? I, I mean, I've been, I said this nine months ago. It's like, you know, or whenever Riley Leonard, you know, committed, it seems like since October, everyone knew this was happening. It's because, you know, as we constantly talk about this freaking hamster wheel of portal, recruit all these guys, we hype up all these high school guys, they come to Notre Dame, portal, boom, go, go, go. So, does it end? We keep hearing Freeman doesn't want to do the portal again. Then this spring is massive. This spring is massive to be able to solidify. That's my number two going into training camp. And then you've got to redo more things. But if you're number two coming out of spring football, 14 practices in the, in the scrimmage, you know, the blue and gold game, it's really 14 practices. Let's just get into that. But if you come out of here as the number two, You've got to be the odds-on favorite to win the job next year. So if, if you're Steve Angeli and you've taken two years of experience, he should have been the bowl game MVP. Let's just say he is. And you got that great experience. He did. He played awesome in that game. He's got that experience. He got his game reps last year. And he is, without a doubt, the number two after spring going into summer. What do the other guys start thinking? Because that's why I'm saying it is transfer watch. It has to be. I know we could even sit here and say CJ Carr, but if Steve Angeli is light is ahead of all these guys, Mike, he's got two years. He could be the starter for two years. So CJ Carr is going to chill here for three. Minchie for a couple. You still got Deuce Knight. We're already in the. I can't believe we're talking 2026 quarterbacks on the message board. What's what? What's the odds of? Some of these coaches even being here, and we're talking about things in 2026, which is crazy, but you got to do it, I know. So th I'm telling you, man, this this spring is huge because it's just going to lay the foundation. It just it just is. And who knows what happens with Riley Leonard, right? Does he sprain another ankle? Does he just go crazy and throw picks a bunch? Knock on wood. Knock, knock on, on wood. wood. I mean, people need to read Tyler Horka's articles where Tyler's breaking down all his stuff 
at blue and gold. And uh, he's gone over all of his starts. Today was the Notre Dame game. People need to read those things. And um, it's, he's not, it's, it's funny. Cause I, I've, I've asked you to bring Tyler on when he's done and hopefully we'll bring him on here in the next few weeks to come on and chat uh, with us about all the things that he's seen from Riley. But I get the gist of it is he is not, he's not Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman came in here with a boatload of experience, tons of playing time, took Wake Forest to the ACC championship game. Riley Leonard is still learning how to play quarterback, yeah, which is kind of scary. With a much, much higher ceiling. Exactly. But lower floor. It's a little bit, it's a little bit of scariness of he's still kind of running, you know, kind of brand new. He's got what 20 starts, 21, 22 starts, whatever the heck it is under his belt. So, and it's at Duke. So which is a middle-of-the-road ACC program. Not a lot of pressure there. So, Number two, Mike, I've said a thousand times I'm going to stick to it. I I just think it's massive coming out of spring to see who's who. Okay, okay. Uh, Spring storyline number two for Tim Hyde is six running backs for one spot. What what are you thinking here? Well, I mean, my God, all we've heard is Mike Denbrock, the savior. We got 11 personnel. 11 personnel is a new buzzword, Mike. So here we go. We always got to find the new buzzword. So now it's 11 personnel. Which is interesting because if you have 11 personnel, that means Raritan, Mitch Evans, one of those are on the bench. So enjoy that. Um, six running backs for one spot, which which does go back to Mike Denbrock. He talked uh, of being uh, goofy, obviously, with the 11 personnel. But that's what he said. He wants to do 11 personnel, meaning three wide receivers. If Notre Dame has three wide receivers, man, that would be nice because we haven't seen that in a while. So the six running backs, Mike, is – one ball, only one running back at a time. How in the heck are you going to play six running backs? What's the odds of having you're six? You're going to, yeah. But what's the odds of having six come, you know, six uh, running backs come training camp? I Man, how do – that's going to be wild. You know, that's going to be wild. Well, but I've gone back like a lot. Uh, me personally, it's uh, Jadarian Price. I'm a huge – As a running back player. one? Yeah, he showed it in the bowl game. He's just a – Hell of a running back. And it goes back to two years ago when he was a true freshman. And McCullough said he's probably he was probably gonna start over at estimate and he gets injured. So does he have that back or you know, back is where he was before he got injured of being running back one, being the dude. Um, I like him. I thought he was a stud. So six running backs, one spot. We'll see, you know, we'll see what happens because obviously Denbrock wants to do more spread type actions and things of that nature. So um, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with all these tight ends and running backs. The ND troll sniper says Jadarian price, uh, um, Jeremiah love and Kedron young will be one, a one B one C. I'm, I'm oh. I saw that. I started laughing. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. That's just not how it works. <laughs> You're not going to get that. You're not going to get equal carries for all these guys. Unless it's like three carries per, I, no, mean, but, I mean, but they'll definitely find two. You know, obviously, you know, two coming out of spring and training camp that are going to roll from there. Yeah, I've gone back and watched some 14-15 film from uh, Denbrock's game. I put myself through 2014 Florida State. Painful for all those guys watching this. And then I rewatched SC from 15. And, yeah, I mean, Denbrock, it's Mike Denbrock, Brian Kelly. You literally, it's literally the same damn offense that they did at LSU. So all spread stuff, tons of 11 personnel, hip tight end, which they had in those days, just like they had with Taylor in the last two years at LSU. A lot of the same stuff. 
going back and forth. So anyone interested in what Denbrock, go back and watch 1415 Notre Dame. It's We're going to see a lot of those types of uh, things. Number three, uh, spring storyline. Will the defensive line class go into 2022? Um, you know, the Tyson Ford, um, who, who else you had? Heinish in that year. Uh, 2020. I'm sorry? Go Byra. Aiden Gobira, Aiden Gobira, 2023. You know, um, you know, Brendan Vernon. Uh, now, who who came in as linebackers and, and then defensive linemen? It, it, well, you got yeah, obviously mixed yeah. up in my head. Now you got two Burnham, Burnham, Burnham. Burnham. Yeah, yeah, obviously those are linebackers. But yeah, you got Devin Houston. He was a scout team player of the year. You got Bubakar Traore. It's um, a big one. You know, Armel Mukum. But I said both of those just because they've been in the system. They've been in the system, and Notre Dame is ridiculous. I mean, that's it's transfers and Brian Kelly's uh, defensive or Mike Elston guy still. So, when do these Freeman guys start to pop in into the two deep and start playing for Notre Dame? And it's it's year three. This is when year three. Some of these recruits, other than a corner or a, a running back, need to start making some plays. Start getting in there. So. You know, that's why I just said who's going to rise up because if if uh, Rubio's not back, wide open spot. So you got a wide open spot. If Rubio's back, you're going Rubio, Anya, two older guys. And then you got your uh, Cross, who's been here for you know 12 years, and, and Riley Miller. I can't believe guys want to play college football for six years. It's, I said that about Hartman. I can't believe it. But six years. Then you got Oban, who's a transfer. His backup with Nana gone is probably going to be Burnham. So there's one of these guys starting to rise up. And then on the other side, it's, you know, Jordan Batello. And then who knows after that? So some of these guys is tailor made inside's the key to me is because all these guys are going to be older and gone and leaving. So the 22, 23 inside guys, man, they got to start making some headways. We get ready for a 2024 and five. Yeah. Really interested to see Devin Houston and Brandon Vernon. That's two that I'm like, um, or how much are we going to see them on the field this year? Going to the right. other side of the line, starting five offensive line for Texas A&M. So are, are you thinking like you get that first practice report, they write about who that first O-line group was, and and that's kind of what you're expecting to see against A&M. Is that, is that why this is a major spring storyline for you? Yes, Uh me personally, yeah. I mean, last year we, you know, Joe Rudolph was new, still trying to see who's who. Christoffit goes out, you know, with the guys, Coogan and Spindler, third string, drinking water, hanging out. You know, that's kind of, you know, Tosh Baker wasn't Tosh. No, he, that, that was the year before where Baker was out there before Blake Fisher. But um, I, me personally, I think we're going to see the same five from the Sun Bowl. I just do. Moving forward. I think Tosh Baker, Tosh Baker's the key. He's been here. He's going into that. Four, you know, fifth year, right? It's my God, Mike, he's 2020. Yeah. So exactly. So he's been in the system. The COVID year obviously killed him. I remember great interview Harry Heastan did, and they asked about Tosh, and he just said he lost like 18 months of his life, basically, just re you know, trying to develop, grow, and things of that nature. And I remember him saying, watch this guy in a couple of years. So the fact that Tosh is here, because they had a competition and in the bowl practices, that was a wide open competition, and he won it yeah. over uh, a meal. So I think that's, I, I I think that's a big telltale. He's still here in the program, which 
leads all of us, I would think to be like, he feels he's going to be the starter. And I, I bet he wins that job. And I think Billy's going to be the starter. He was the starter last spring. Rocco beat him out. But I think the experience now, those, what do you start the last three games? Same with Ashton Craig. You know, Craig's going to be a stud, by the way. He's so, I mean, he's an offensive tackle playing center. He's so long and athletic. I see Coogan still staying in there because I don't think you throw away 13 starts. He's a senior. Ashton Craig's a junior. Shrouf's a junior. Baker's a fifth-year guy. And then um, Jagasaw's going to start. Yeah. Like, who the hell's behind them? That's going to be – talk about that down the road. Those are going to be like, who in the heck are the backup tackles? So start flipping coins. But that's that's my prediction going into AM. and All right, number five is – Will a wide receiver one emerge, Tim? I feel like I've been saying this before the past three seasons, but like talented rooms, but just not that like dog number one um, that they've had in the past. But will they have one this year? I, I don't know, Mike. So I, we are going to That's hang out. Next will one emerge? That's, yeah, and that yeah, I think is a. This guy says Jaden Thomas. I'm sorry. I don't think Jaden Thomas is a number one receiver. He's he's a solid middle of the road, uh, you know, mid-range type wide receiver. Number one wide receiver is a dude who's going to go beat you. Yeah. It's third and eight. Throw me the damn football. I don't think Jaden Thomas is that guy. So that's just my Someone opinion. said phase on. I, I I think I don't think that's phase on either. Well, He's a slot. He's got a very defined role. I think Jaden Thomas has a defined role. Uh, I think you're looking at what, like Chris Mitchell? Like, can he? It's got to. It's going to come from. It's going to. I mean, seriously, it's going to come from a transfer, right? It's going to come from Bo Collins, but Bo's not here in spring, so we won't know until the summer. And you're right. You just said it. It's Chris Mitchell. Is he legitimate? As in a, a true number Take that one? Step. Yeah. He had a hell of a year at FIA Florida International. Is he that dude? Does he come here and show? He's that outside presence to go make plays, which is funny. I said I've been watching 14-15 film. First play against SC, everyone knows it's been around the block is a 75-yard bomb to Will Fuller against Adoree Jackson. So two of the fastest guys on earth going toe-to-toe. So is it Cam Williams? He's a freshman. Yeah. Her name hasn't had a dude at freshman play since Michael Floyd. And I don't, it's hard to put that on cam. That's just, yeah, that's just my opinion. If he does, great. Uh, but yeah, that'd be tough to. So yeah. Floyd was, that. people don't realize, you know, when they, I, don't, I mean, who's, if they were, you know, not around, Michael Floyd was a freak. He was a straight up five star dude in high school. Yeah. That's back when the all star game mattered and those guys went toe to toe for 60 minutes. He's a stud, so uh, it's hard to compare people to Michael Floyd. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's Tim Hyde's five storylines to watch for Notre Dame spring football. And uh, you did mention, you know, Tyler Horka will be at those practices, and we'll definitely get him on our show probably yes. probably every other week um, throughout spring practice. I had somebody text me um, who's watching the show about the spring schedule, so I don't know, maybe – Maybe the the schedule that I got sent is already outdated. I don't know, but um, we'll we'll definitely have plenty of coverage not only on our website blueandgold.com, but the guys who are on site will be taking video. They'll be doing their post practice reports um, from campus, uh, and we'll post them, of course, right here on our YouTube channel after your boy Mike Singer gets them all edited up and pretty. So I know a lot of people 
you know, the other outlets will just slap up three minutes of video and then you have to like get a magnifying glass and be like, who is this even on the, like, what am I even looking at? Um, so what we try to do is break down, like the guys will tell you what they saw throughout practice and then we'll put the highlights and, and whatnot on top of it. So uh, definitely stay tuned to that. Last thing, Tim, before we get out of here was this wild thing I, this morning. Yeah. Instead, oh god, this just always some Tim. This this has to be the craziest offseason ever in college football, right? Hey, it just in terms of the sheer amount of crazy things. I've been saying this. Mike Denbrock left Brian Kelly, who he worked under at, at Notre Dame, went to LSU with him, leaves Brian Kelly to go work at Notre Dame, basically saying, I liked Notre Dame more than. You know, it, I or, I want Notre Dame more than I want you, Brian Kelly. Right? That is like the number eighty-seven storyline of this crazy ass off season, and that is a to me that was something like no one really cared about. It got you know it's a couple day headlines and everyone moved on, but what a bonkers ass off season. Um, so yeah, just you just never know what you're gonna get. So NCAA football officials are meeting this week to discuss three signing periods, according to ESPN. Last Wednesday in June, they love the Wednesdays, Tim. You have to do it on a Wednesday, apparently. The Wednesday after the regular season and the first Wednesday in February. What are your thoughts on this, Tim? Just go back to the old days, man. That's that's my that's my opinion. Why why do we need an early signing period? I don't I mean, I know if if you know if you're Cooper Flanagan. I mean, that was, you know, it's one of my favorites, you know, De La Salle. If you're Cooper Flanagan, I'm throwing it out because big-time Catholic high school, you know, and you know you're going to Notre Dame. You don't have to take phone calls. You don't have to talk on Twitter. You don't have to do any of that crap. Your college decision is made. It's the same thing if, you, you know, if you're Joe, you know, Joe Smith and you know you're going to, you know, Cornell and, boom, you commit in August, you sign your, your papers, in March or uh, uh, February, March, whenever you know, uh, what do you call, uh, you get your acceptance letters and things of that nature? Why do we have an early signing day? I, me personally, I think it's stupid. I think it's ridiculous. Get rid of the damn thing because you have playoffs, you have portal, you have all this crap. Why put Mike Singer wants to sign at Florida State? Why put you in a bind when the entire world changes? could change six weeks after you sign. It's like, Tim, please respect my decision. Yes, exactly. Respect my decision. Exactly. But, all right. But, but you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's, I think it's ridiculous. These are kids that are picking a college. You don't need to pick a college before you play your senior year. That's Tim, just my humble opinion. You, but if when you we know, were, then so be it. Just wait until we February. When we were talking about the 14 team playoff thing, you, you said, I'm a simpleton. And that stuck with me. I'm a simpleton too. Right. Remember the argument about if, if Notre Dame, if, if you go 10 and 2, you can't complain about not getting the playoff because you lost two games. Like that, that's 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 kind of how me and you think. For me on this, let's make this very simple. I like the February signing period because although it kind of is right there at the end of the, you know, after the Super Bowl, some of those NFL moves happen. But for the most part, it's so far back that all the craziness in college football is done by then. All the coaching changes, all that crap is done. By February again, the NFL, you know, the post Super Bowl moves can kind of affect that, but it's usually not going to be. 
head coaches changes. But last Wednesday in June, what? It makes no sense. At least do July. Like they're doing official visits in June. Man, you're finishing high school in June. You got a couple weeks off and you start your training for your high school football program in June. You start, you know, ramp, you know, 4th of July, start getting going. June, June guys are in camps. Yeah. Guys are doing summer camps and all this stuff. It's like. It, June is early. So going back to my point about the February. So Matt says, what about early enrollees? Early enrollees existed yes. before the December signing day. You just enroll. You, you didn't you like you didn't sign. You just enrolled. You just got there. It was it was great. Yeah. There, you know, you you just were you became a student, and that's where you went. Sign a, uh, yeah, exactly. You sign uh, your financial, financial aid. Yeah, financial yep. aid is your legal technical document. It's yeah, the same thing. If I mean, it still I, works. I, I yeah, I, I've had guys go D one, one double A, D two. I've had a bunch of guys go D three and be all conference D three type guys. D three guys, man, they don't do any of this crap till February and March either. So. What yeah. is the big hang up like we gotta get all these guys? The June thing is ridiculous. The June I I, I want to ridiculous. see I want to know what I want to be a fly on the wall and in, in, in like why they come up. Tim, one thing I don't really like in the media is we see things like that and we just shit on them. And we're like, this is the stupidest thing without hearing their side of the story. They're, yeah, they're of course, them. of course, I can't sit in that room and get that side of the story. I'm sure other reporters, you know, your Ross Dellingers of the world, whoever these big time ESPN, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll put some of that stuff out there. I just want to know. It doesn't make sense. Though Wednesday after the regular season, that's worse than the December one you have right now, in my opinion. Like, again, I want to know what the hell they're thinking because it doesn't make sense to me. Might as well just keep the third Wednesday in, well, in, in December. Why the Wednesday after the regular season? Your coach is about to get fired. Like, I, I don't know. Sankey, I don't know. Sankey, uh, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, that's his proposal. He wants to just do the one right after conference, like the Wednesday after conference championship game signing day, because he doesn't want to do it, you know, like the end of December, which it's been, because that's playoff time. Guys should be getting ready for playoffs, not signing day ceremonies. Completely makes sense. So just get rid of it and go back to February. All the season's done. All the coaching changes are done. See, once I mean, I, I'm a coach, so I don't want my player going through a bind of so many things changing. I mean, look at uh, Julian Sane, for example, the quarterback who, you know, Carlsbad, California, who signed with Alabama. Nick Saban leaves. Well, guess what? He has an instant 30-day window. Instant 30-day window to go wherever he wants, goes to Ohio State. So just wait till February. Go back to the old days. And it's um, – and lastly, I was reading just a couple days ago where they're they're thinking about doing a portal window, get rid of this December one, and just do a portal window, uh, basically after the spring semester, which is going to be interesting. So what does? But that's a portal if you're leaving guys like Chris Mitchell, uh, Bo Collins, Riley Leonard, guys. You know, I mean, let's say Notre Dame guys got they're graduates. They could come in the middle of the year. The yeah. portal talking about the. The Rico Floreses of the world, Tobias Merriweather's. You got Riley, Leonard, Riley Leonard's not a graduate, if, if I, I was told correct. But true. Duke guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, Duke guy, yeah. Here's my proposal, Tim, and, and we're going to wrap up here soon. I love it. Give me August. Okay. Give me like uh, the first Wednesday in August. You can s- sign then. Right. If you are a Cooper Flanagan, for example, mm-hmm. you commit to Notre Dame your junior year, 
those early commits sign. Um, and then if you have a head coach leave, then you it, you get that 30-day window to leave and it doesn't count against your eligibility. Give me like, if they're hell-bent on an early signing period, get it out of December. December has never just made it a whole lot of sense to me. Playoff give me time. August and give me February. That's kind of what I've liked. Um, and And that's it. I don't know. But Jeremy says, this is uh, about seven minutes ago when he posted this, they must want massive withdrawal of letter intents by guys because that's what's going to happen with a June signing day. I, I Yeah, yeah. I, I think June doesn't make – I mean, you're still going to get it with August. But, again, if they're hell-bent on doing an early signing day, I, I would do it August. Like, first Wednesday in August, so it's – you know, right at the start of fall camp. So sign your guys, start fall camp, get the season going, you know, get your CJ cars of the world, get those guys signed and then finish it up in, in February. But that's, that's yeah, it's, yeah. I've never been a big fan of the early signing. I I know why they do it, but I mean, early signing period, basically, as you know, turned into signing period. It just 99% of everyone in August would it. I think there would be a ton of guys who don't. It's just your super solid guys would sign. I agree. Uh, and then more... No, yeah. I, I agree with you, Mike. There's still going to be a lot of wavering and whatnot. So you're going to sign your 15 or 17 Notre Dame guys, those early pledges, if they, you know, if they all do it, right? I mean, what if you just sit out there and that, – that's why the coach in me says, man, just wait. Let these yeah. guys have their year. Let these guys have their summer and go from all that thing. and. You always get late risers and things of that nature. Yeah. Just let it go. It's yeah. Go back to the old ways. We're doing nothing like the old ways. This is nothing. one thing that we can do the old ways yeah. and do it in February. That's what I would like to see. So yeah, I'm sure if they did my August, there would be a ton of side effects as well. But this three signing period, good lord, there'd be some crazy ones. Here's the tweet from Charles Power. And on this, it's gotcha. a bunch of potential unintended consequences to weigh in with the signing period before the senior season. The recruitment and evaluation timelines for schools already don't sync up one-to-one with most prospects development, which is best seen in the senior season. Yes. This would make it even murkier. I talk to Charles all the time because I see him at all these events. Um, and he says like a school like Notre Dame, for example, evaluates so early. They're making their decisions on kids. Like, are we taking him? Or are we not before the junior season, Tim? Yes. Right. They might get a quarterback commit before the junior season. Charles Power and these rankings guys, they don't have to do it until even after they sign. I know. Right. After the All-American Bowl, they get so much time to make their decisions on these prospects and where they're ranking them. Whereas the schools, they have to decide whether they're taking them before the junior season. So I think this is a good point from Charles. In in three weeks, in three weeks, you and I are going to do a show. We're going to hype up pot of gold and all that. It's dudes who just played their sophomore season. That's but it. This is the calendar, man. It's, you know. exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's the calendar. They're going to send out 75 offers, and these are the guys that we're looking at for 18 months from now. It's like it's 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 wild. It's yeah. all wild. Hopefully, hopefully they get rid. Oh man, right. let's just get to the playoff, Mike. Win games, Notre Dame. Let's have a freaking fun December. How's that? Well, Tim K Max says, "Been on the phone, damn near missed the whole episode." Well, the great thing is, you can just. You can just take the little, little slider, slide it over to the beginning, and just rewatch the whole hour in in six minute show here. Um, so that's the beauty of it. 
K-Mac, appreciate you. Uh, but yeah, Tim, we're going to end it there. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about next Wednesday. What that is, no idea, but I'm sure the world of Notre Dame and college football will give us plenty to talk about. And we were going to talk about our revisiting our bold predictions from last year. We didn't get to that That's today, nice. but Tim, remind me. You'll forget, but remind me. Right here, um, Mike. I always, I always know what we need to talk about. We just find better topics eventually. But yeah, yeah, that's true. We so we're going to end the uh, the live show right there, folks. Hit the thumbs up if you've not done so yet. Subscribe to our channel, of course, for more content. Our offer, if you are interested in subscribing to blueandgold.com, you can interact with um, all of our staff at Blue and Gold, which includes me, Tim, uh, you know, Kyle Kelly, Tyler Horka, Jack Sobel. Got to get Gouldsby back on the board. He has He's had some blogging issues. So I'm going to get Gouldsby back on the board hopefully tomorrow. $1 for two months using the promo code UND1. If you sign up for the website as a new subscriber, please um, you know, post a thread or send me a message. Let me know you came from YouTube. Would love to uh, you know, introduce myself on the, the written communication side of things. Um, so, yeah, we're going to end the stream there. Tim, great stuff as always tonight. Notre Dame fans, appreciate you all for watching or listening. And as always, we will catch you next time.